on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Half at the plate. One for three. He pops this one up. Shallow right. Colton Wong moving over. It'll be Tyrone Taylor coming in at the last moment. He makes the catch. And this one is over. A 10-0 shot out of the Cubs at Wrigley. And a masterful performance from Corbin Burns for eight scoreless and 15 strikeouts. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee. With Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Foley. What a night. What a night for the Brewers, for Corbin Burns, for Brewers fans. Oh, yeah, by the way, breaking news. The Cincinnati Reds just got walked off by the Atlanta Braves. The Brewers now have an eight-game lead in the division. What a night. Ten-nothing. Brewers get the win over the Cubs. Let's get some of the... uh, Let's get some of the things in here on what happened tonight because we're going to try to unpack all of this. Corbin Burns, 10 straight strikeouts. That ties a major league record. 15 strikeouts overall. That's a new career high. Most strikeouts with a, without a walk in Brewers history. He gets 30 swings and misses. 30 swings and misses during the game. Um, first time that the Brewers have ever shut out the Cubs by double digits, first time an opposing pitcher has ever recorded a 15-strikeout, zero-walk game against the Cubs. That's a lot. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. Augie, what do you say about this performance tonight from Corbin Burns and the Brewers? You know, he's a, he's a surgeon out there, and he just goes out and goes about his business and really throws the ball well, you know. And you get into games like tonight, and we all know that the Cubs traded away a lot of valuable pieces. They're, they're in a rebuilding stage right now. But you score seven runs in that first inning. What is that pitcher going to do? How is he going to go out and attack that night? And Corbin Burns went out and did what he always does. He pitched to his strengths, and really threw the ball extremely well. How did first inning gives up a hit, only throws four pitches, is able to get out of it. And then you look at what he does, 14 consecutive strikes to start the game. And he's just a guy who really has great command, but he didn't get away from what he does best. And that's commanding the strike zone, using all his pitches, and uh, just a spectacular night. You talk about, everybody's talking about Cy Young's this year, how you cannot add him to the list along with, with Freddie and, and Wood is just unbelievable but tonight's something very very special for Brewer fans something you don't see a lot and the Brewers fans got to witness something special in Corbin Burns yeah absolutely this is gonna be one of those games that people remember forever and ever and ever and this is gonna be one of those games that we're talking about forever and ever and ever I had to chuckle because uh, earlier today uh, Bally Sports Wisconsin on their Twitter account uh, they posted a video going through the top five starting pitching performances in the history of the Brewers, and it just seems so well placed that they uh, that they did that today because uh, this is this is right there in contention with it with what Burns was able to do today. It was a really really special day, and then you combine it with the fact that the Brewers have once again extended their lead in the division all the way to eight games, and I think it's notable because there's been twice in the last month plus where. Brewers fans have gotten really nervous about the standings. And the first time was right in front of the All-Star break uh, when they struggled against Cincinnati. 
and people were really, really worried. And then what happens? The Brewers came back against Cincinnati right after the All-Star break and took care of business in that series. And then the most recent time, people were really freaking out this past Sunday after the Brewers lose two out of three against San Francisco but still played a pretty good series and had all those things, the COVID stuff, some mistakes. Like, they, they shouldn't have lost two out of three. They should have swept that series. But all that being said, there were still a lot of people who were really worried. We got we got receipts, people. There are text messages from Sunday saying, if the bullpen's like this for the next week, the Reds are going to catch the Brewers. Well, what happens? The Brewers go out and take care of business for a few days, and the Reds fall off now that they're not playing the Pirates, and the Brewers once again have an eight-game lead. So that's... um, that's kind of the two things that we are uh, getting in on right now. The uh, the performance from Corbin Burns, which was nothing short of spectacular, and just the fact that the Brewers have once again positioned themselves uh, to have a substantial, substantial lead, second biggest lead of any first-place team uh, in Major League Baseball. The White Sox have a 10.5 game lead on Cleveland. The Brewers with an 8 game lead on the Reds. You've probably heard this before if you are a loyalist listener to the program and i hope you are my uh, my equation for when teams are really in uh contention is if the deficit games back is smaller than the amount of weeks left in the season well we're right about two months out but we're about seven weeks left in the season and the reds are eight games back so my very unofficial determination at eight games back I don't really look at the Reds right now as a team that's in contention. I I know that the Brewers haven't won anything yet, but an eight-game lead right now, that absolutely is significant. Again, if you want to uh, get in contact with us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Call or text. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. The Brewers pick up a great win against the Cubs tonight, winning 10 nothing, and Corbin Burns making history doing it with uh, 15 strikeouts and at one point, 10 straight strikeouts to tie a major league record. We're back with more in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Here's his 0-2 pitch. He struck him out. Corbin Burns ties the major league baseball record for consecutive strikeouts with 10 in a row. Now can he eclipse that? Just remarkable. That, that is the word that I've used probably more than any other word this year to describe some of the things that the Brewers are doing. Just simply remarkable. Ten runs on 16 hits. The Brewers put up a seventh spot in the first inning, never look back. And then Corbin Burns takes over in eight innings, gives up just four hits, 15 strikeouts and no walks. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air. I want to hear from you. How are you feeling? What? How much did you enjoy watching this today as it was uh, just a, an incredible 
performance where you are at the edge of your seat every time it goes two strikes. You're, you're sitting there going, "Okay, what's, what's is he going to get another one? Is he going to get another one?" And he just kept getting more and more strikeouts. And uh, again, yeah, r- remarkable. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well, and. Augie, I thought this was a game where like this Cubs lineup clearly is not what it was before the trade deadline. That has been that has been well documented. But these are still these are professional baseball players. They're being paid to be out there, and it was incredible how helpless and hopeless they looked tonight against Burns. He was outstanding. Uh, I tell you what, I really enjoyed, uh, as, a, as a former pitcher, one thing I really enjoyed about tonight's game, Matt, is when, after the Brewers went out in that first inning and they scored seven runs on eight hits, three extra base hits, it's the 20th time this year that they've, bat, they've uh, batted around, and uh, twice in consecutive games is pretty special. But when Burns went out that first inning, he threw four pitches. He threw four sinking fastballs. They got a base hit, but then he got the double play and got out of that inning. It's just like he was out there setting the tone for the game. He went out to that second inning, and all of a sudden, he had that good slider. He used a little bit of breaking ball. He used that four-seam fastball up, and I really enjoyed that part of the game where he went up until he got about that sixth or seventh inning. We were A lot of people were saying, is that going to be it after six innings? Is that going to be it after seven innings? Well, his pitch count was so good, but you could yeah. tell him reaching back in that. I don't know if you noticed as much as I did, Matt, in that seventh and eighth inning, but he knew he had, he had something special going on with a personal high for strikeouts. He was reaching back when he got two strikes and trying to make some good pitches, and the Cubs put the ball in play, but to get that 15 strikeout, very special. Uh, it was just it was just so much fun to watch because he consecutively goes out there. He stays within himself. He knows what he can and cannot do. He gets ahead on hitters, and uh, I'll tell you, tonight was just sensational. A very, very neat night to watch a pitcher go about his job. Oh, he wasn't missing. And when you have high strikeout nights, generally that means you have a high pitch count. And it was the exact opposite tonight for Burns, where he finishes at 99 pitches there in the final inning or so. The pitch count went up a little bit. For a while there, he was averaging right around 10 pitches per inning. At one point, it was a little bit less than that. Uh, he had a number of strikeouts where they were three-pitch strikeouts. Uh, I uh, he he did not throw consecutive balls that many times uh, in a row. I mean that he finishes at 99 pitches, 74 for strikes. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think that tells the whole story because really through seven, I wish I would have written it down at the time. Through seven, uh, the number was was you know the percentage of strikes thrown was even more impressive than that. It was that is something to have that number of strikeouts and to uh, to not have an elevated pitch count. I got it for you. I, I kept track, man. You'll like this. Okay. 77 pitches, 58 strikes through seven innings. 60 uh, through, I, I don't remember exactly what it is through six, but six was like 67 pitches and 52 strikes. It was, the, the numbers were percentage wise were incredible. And that just goes, show, goes to show you how much he was commanding the strike zone. One three ball count. Now you're talking about a guy who's master, mastering the, the strike zone and being able to, Command the strike zone with all his pitches and and being competitive. This to pitch at a seventy percent strike rate is is just amazing and and uh, it, it was just so much fun to watch. This is a guy when you look at him two years ago, uh, had to go out and redefine himself. Came back last year and started finding it, but this year has just been sensational. He just dominates. He understands. He stays within himself. He has great composure on the mound and just so much fun to watch. 
You know, baseball is such a different sport than other sports. Like if, if you're a basketball player and you are just absolutely feeling it, you can have the ball in your hand every single possession. If you're a football, if you're a wide receiver or a running back, you can have the ball so often. In baseball, if you're a hitter, you're only coming up, uh, you know, every nine times through. Even a pitcher, you're still only getting three outs, and then you have to go sit back down. But I think the closest thing that you can have when you are just, you know, on fire, for lack of a better term, and that's a term that we never use in baseball. We don't talk about guys being on fire the way we talk about. It, say in basketball, but I've been I've been thinking about this a little bit. Corbin Burns, Augie, he was on fire. Like he was, he could not be hit. It was it was so much. I don't know if you caught it, Matt. I, there was one time in the game where I, he, he struck a guy out and he got the ball back, and he he kind of looked back at towards center field, and he he had a big smile on his face. I think that was to, to some people would look at it kind of. What? Why did he smile there? Was he being smart or cocky? No, it was a sense of pride of saying, you know what, I am on fire. You just said it. I am on fire. I'm commanding the strike zone. I'm doing exactly no matter what the score of the game is. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and that's throw strikes, keep my team in, uh, keep my team ahead, stay in the game, and pitch like I'm supposed to pitch. And I, I, I thought that was a really a special moment. Just you know, it's it's that sense of pride that you have when you go out and you accomplish something very well, very well, and get a good job done. That you say, hey, I have that sense of pride, and that little smile that I saw him look back as a pitcher. Uh, I tell you what, I, it brought a smile to me because that what he did tonight was something you just don't see every day. And like you said, this is a game that. That when we look back as Brewer fans, we're going to remember a long time. I remember uh, doing a post-game interview with Jeremy Jeffress a few years back, and, and it was after a game where he was down. I think he got a save, and he may have struck out everybody that he faced. I don't remember the exact details about it. But the thing that I do remember about our conversation was he told me, he said, every time I walk out onto the mound, I tell myself I am the best pitcher on the face of the earth. Well, tonight... Corbin Burns didn't have to tell himself that. He he looked like the best pitcher on the face of the earth tonight. Yeah, you put yourself in the category with uh, consecutive strikeouts with a Tom Seaver and Aaron Nola. I mean, that is something just so, so special. And uh, uh, he, what he's accomplished, I, I am, you know, you get proud of people that you see go out and, and accomplish great things. And where he came from, where he had this, the year where he had really struggled and he came back. I am proud of young men that go out and say, you know what, I have to reconstruct myself, but I know I'm a good pitcher. I have to do something special in the to get things done and he has just been he's just been outstanding you know we are very so lucky to have three guys in the caliber of a, of a, a Woody and a Burns and, and Peralta uh, I, I don't know in baseball history if there's been pitchers that have thrown the ball have been in the top five in, in ERA in their in their division or not so much in division the NL or the AL that have pitched as well on a consecutive basis as these guys have uh, I, we never talk about uh, go out and talk about quality starts because every time they go out, it's a quality start. And it's just so special to watch these guys pitch. Both of, all three of them, unique in the way they go about it, but they all get the job done. I hate saying what I'm about to say because they have so much career in front of them and they have not accomplished the things that the people I just that I'm about to mention accomplished. But when you say you don't know... You know, in my lifetime, the 
and man, maybe I'm maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment right now. Maybe uh, maybe there's some hyperbole here. I don't know. Maybe I'm just caught up in a moment after just a really exhilarating game to watch. But in my lifetime, I look at Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz as the best of the best when it comes to uh, the uh, a team having a rotation. And when uh, when you go past that. It's uh, it certainly is uh, tough to uh, think of a rotation that is uh, it, that that's the best, and I'm not saying that these guys are that yet because they're not. But once you get past that, at least in my lifetime, I feel like this group stands up with about as any uh, you know with any other starting group in in, in a long time. I agree with you. I, you know, those guys were something special in Atlanta, and you, you look at what they accomplished in their careers and the, the number of consecutive uh, divisional wins that they had in the World Series, going to a World Series, and the things that they've done is really, really special. And I, But I just look at this. We have not seen this in Milwaukee. We haven't had that type of opportunity to see. We've had some great pitchers in Milwaukee, no question about it, but we have not seen a quality of a starting rotation with these three guys. And I, I have to add the whole starting staff because they've been so good. But these three guys have been so special. And, yes, I agree with you. What they want to accomplish is in front of them because the goal in life and the goal, what you want to do as a major league player, is to what? Get to postseason and get to win a World Series. And that's a challenge that stands in front of them. And I think these guys are so well in tune, understand what they have to do, that they have a goal set in their minds, and they're going to all challenge each other, as everybody on this ball club does, and that's to get to that postseason, number one. Number two, let's get to that World Series, and let's bring a World Series home to Milwaukee. That's the goal that you start out. That's why you play the game, and that's how you accomplish great things in life in the sport of baseball. And I think that's what their goals are for these guys. Just got a tweet from Sean where he uh, took a screenshot of the current ERA leaders, and this is after tonight's game. So Walker Bueller of the Dodgers, he is number one with a 2.13 ERA. Brandon Woodruff second at 2.23. Corbin Burns tied for second at 2.23. And then Freddie Peralta at 2.26. So the Brewers have 2-3-4 in the ERA leaders in the National League. And if Walker Bueller were to go out there and, you know, lay an egg and, and you know what that can happen with any of the brewers pitchers too like that, that can happen with anybody but it is it is not an impossibility that the brewers could have the top three pitchers in era in the national league this year uh we've seen zach wheeler come on recently but he's back at 2.42 uh max scherzer at 2.67 you got to think that he's going to be really lifted up by what he's able to do now uh, with the dodgers uh kevin guessman with the uh, giants is at 2.31 but for the Brewers to have two, three, and four in an uh, ERA leader right now in the National League, and not and none of them are that far off of number one, that is absolutely, again, I'll use the word remarkable. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on air. Brewers come away with a win in Chicago, ten nothing. By the way. When it comes to the all-time season series, or the all-time uh, series, just all-time, Brewers, Cubs, forever and ever, this win today was notable. I'll explain why in just a moment on Brewers Extra Innings. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio, this is News Radio WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 
swing and line drive. That's going to be down the left side and a base hit again. It's a seven-run inning as Wong is making his way to second, and he is in with a double. We are going to relive this game with the highlight segment coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. So don't go anywhere. We'll have all the big strikeouts for you. And to encourage you to head to the uh, 620 WTMJ Twitter page, our guy Greg Hill doing some overtime back at the uh, studio put together an awesome audio graphic that includes every uh, burn strikeout. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, Check it out for your uh, for yourself. I retweeted it as well at Matt Pauley on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on air. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. How about this one, Augie? This is fun, and clearly because the Brewers were in the American League for quite some time, they don't have a deep historical series uh, against the Cubs. But they've been playing the Cubs a lot for a good while now. Uh, and, and the Cu- Brewers have had some good years in there. The Cubs have had some good years in there. Uh, with the win today, Augie, according to uh, Mike Vassallo, who tweeted this out just a while ago, Brewers PR director, the Brewers are now in even 197 and 197 all-time against the Cubs. So a win tomorrow, and they're leading the all-time series. That is really special, and and it, it is a rivalry. I don't care what anybody says. I know a couple years ago they said, oh, one of the pitchers, I don't remember the name, came out and said, you know, it's just another game. It's not a rivalry. This is a rivalry, no matter how much you think about it between the Cubs and the Brewers. It's always going to be a rivalry, even though they're rebuilding. But to, to do, accomplish that, to get back, and and put, and have that opportunity to take the lead all time against the Cubs, a historic uh, franchise, and and to do that like the Brewers have done since they've been in the National League is pretty special. What a neat thing! And you know, Matt, I was thinking about 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 starting rotations and and things like that. And a, a story came to mind. And uh, I remember when George Bamberger came over to the Brewers, and and one of my things I I got to speak to him a lot when he first came over uh, when he was introduced. And one of the things I asked him, I said. You know, you talk about special things that you've got to do in your career. And I asked him, I said, how about your special pitching staff over in Baltimore when he had Palmer, McNally, Cuellar, and Dobson when they each won 20? And he just smiled. He said, that's pretty special. Well, I tell you what, the us fans in Milwaukee and, and the Brewer organization, they have to smile at what we see out of these three young men that are pitching right now. Yeah, you know, it's fun to kind of go back into that, and there's been some really good, like, tandems. Like, you think about the Diamondbacks and when they had uh, Randy Johnson and Curt Schilling. Uh, you think about some of those Yankees teams, whether it was Roger Clemens when he came in there, Andy Pe- Like, there's, there are definitely really good starting rotations. I guess, Augie, the, the bottom line is what maybe holds back this group from any of these other really fantastic rotations would be a championship because all those groups that we can talk about, their teams won a World Series at that point, and for this starting pitching rotation to kind of be viewed the same way we look at some of those other rotations, the team's got to go win a World Series. It's no question, and you know the one thing you really like about this club is we do like the we do like the rotation and what they do. We do like the bullpen, the back end when Hayter's there with with Devin Williams uh, in Boxberger and how they're throwing the baseball. But they're playing so good defense and they're swinging the bat. Uh, what are, what is it? We talked so much last year about hitting with runners in scoring position. I heard someone say today that the Brewers are right at the top of baseball since the All Star break with hitting with runners in scoring position. Oh, that's that's really. 
special. It's something that we thought the Brewers needed to do to second half to get the offensive going. And I don't think there's a game that we we follow or that we listen to or that we do each and every night that there isn't some kind of great defensive play made, a good, sound defensive play that really stops in a rally or, or makes a big play that keeps things going for the pitcher uh, or helps them win a ball game. And we're seeing that out of this ball club. And you talk about this pitching staff, and it's been outstanding. It's the center point of this ball club. But I'm going to tell you what, defense and swinging that bat has been pretty good, especially since the All-Star break. Yeah, absolutely it has. Brewers come away with the win. They knock off the Cubs 10-0. We've spent the entire time talking about Corbin Burns, and rightfully so because of what he accomplished tonight. Some other uh, things to get into from this game as well. We'll do that after the news, which begins in two minutes here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. And Arietta throws. And swing and a bouncer. That's a fair ball down the left field line. Wong had to hold up. He's going to be sent around third now. The throw's going to go to second. Yelich has a base hit. The Brewers have a run. one nothing Milwaukee on Yelich's first hit since coming off the injured list. 10-0. Brewers get the win over the Cubs. A lot of stuff happened in this game. Uh, again, uh, Corbin Burns at one point had 10 straight strikeouts. That ties a major league record. He had 15 strikeouts overall. That's a career high. Uh, most strikeouts without, without a walk in Brewers history. Uh, biggest shutout win ever against the Cubs in, in Brewers history. So a lot of stuff happened in this one. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. 855-616-1620. That is the Yankee Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you want to uh, call or text, you can also tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Another Matt, Matt from Menominee Falls uh, texting in. Uh, as we move away from Corbin Burns for just a moment, says, uh, do you think that Josh Hader will be a little rusty or struggle when he hopefully comes back off the injury list tomorrow because he was gone for 10 days with COVID and he wasn't getting too much action before that? But it, it's possible. We saw him look really rusty uh, when he had that long the last time. It was about a week and a half, two weeks the last time uh, he had a really long layoff. It was just because there were no save situations. And he came back and kind of struggled. And we talked about it on this show at the time, how he he kind of was working through things seemingly as he was out there. So, Augie, I think that's that's a strong possibility that that Hater might look a little rusty after ten days away, um, and that's why it, I think if you're uh, if you're Craig Council, maybe you look for an opportunity to get him into a game that is not incredibly tight. If the situation presents itself, if you're up one in the ninth inning, he's probably coming in. But in a perfect world, maybe you have a bigger lead than that, and you're still able to get him in there just to get him his work. I agree. I, I think a lot's going to happen. I, they say he's going to be in Chicago tomorrow. A lot will decide on how the game goes. You've got Woodruff going, and you know, hopefully if the Brewers can get a, a little bit of a lead, depending on how the game goes, will they will they go to him the, right away out of the shoot? I, I don't know. I, I think they, I think what he's going to try to do, I think he's going to try to let him get in the game because I remember you and I talked just a, la- a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, where he didn't get in for six or seven days, and it looked like he was a little rusty. He came in the game the first night, 
didn't really command the strike zone very well. Came back the next day or the day after that and was very sharp. So I think they're going to try to get him in the game just to get his, uh, get his, uh, you know, get him in the game because he hasn't been there for a while and see how he feels. And uh, a lot will be discussed before the game tomorrow, and then they'll decide. And I'm sure he'll throw a bullpen. But I think Chris, I think what what Craig Collins is going to do is try to get him in the game when the when the pressure's not on him so much, so he can just work through him through his fastball and break him ball and change up and throw all his pitches and feel comfortable about it. Also kind of want to put a bow on something that we talked about a little bit yesterday. Uh, John Curtis came out of yesterday's game, and when we got the post-game report that it was an elbow issue, some elbow tightness or elbow soreness, I I forget what the exact terminology was. Anytime I hear the word elbow used when it comes to an injury for a pitcher, uh, my mind goes to the worst possible place, and more often than not, uh, I'm right. Um, He has a torn UCL. He's going to get a second opinion. There was a lot of, like, social media uh, conspiracy theories out there on why he was going to the 10-day injured list and not the 60-day injured list. He the, the Brewers will allow him to get a second opinion on the elbow, so you put him on the 10-day injured list kind of out of respect for that process, and once he gets that second uh, doctor to kind of confirm it is a torn UCL, he'll get shifted over the 60-day point in time, and that's going to clear up a spot uh, on the 40-man roster. Uh, Augie, we, we both kind of agreed that he was going to come on before the end of the year. You also wonder how long he had been Pitching with that torn UCL in the elbow, but uh, he's done for this year, and he's probably done for next year as well. He's probably going to be headed to Tommy John surgery. Uh, the elbow is just such a, it's a really delicate area. I know at times or a couple of times in my career, my elbow got a little bit sore and it's tough because you don't feel like you can extend. I remember when Moose Haas hurt his elbow. I remember, I remember the game. Uh, he's a close friend of mine. I remember we were in Boston and he was at the top of his game throwing everything and all of a sudden he threw a pitch and, and something popped in that elbow. And I remember talking so much to him, even, uh, a couple of weeks ago last, I was in Arizona, went out to lunch and we talked about it actually. And he said, you just don't, you can't get the extension. You can't, you don't feel like even on your fastball that you can get out and really extend to get that good quality fastball with that good movement and to get, let the ball come out of your hand real well. So yeah, it, it's hard to say how long he's had it, but, uh, uh, you know, as long as he gets it repaired, he gets that second opinion. Like you said, Matt, they're allowing him to go on a 10 day to get that second opinion. I really respect the Bruce for allowing him to do that. 10 nothing. Brewers come up with the win over the Cubs. What did manager Craig Council think of Vern's performance? We'll find out next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. The pitch. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Fargus. Narvaez going to throw to first to complete this strikeout, and that is a new career high. 14 strikeouts for Corbin Burns here tonight. Oh, but he wasn't done. He had one more to go. Finished with 15 strikeouts. A uh, most strikeouts without a walk in Brewers history. 15 strikeouts, no walks tonight for Cor- Corbin Burns. Just special, special, special stuff. Brewers get the 10 nothing win over the Cubs. Manager Craig Council spent some time with the media just a little while ago. Here's a shocker for you. He opened up his postgame comments talking about Burns' performance. It was a great performance. It was, it was dominant. Um... You know, the first four innings of, of, was as good as, you know, I, I don't, as anybody has pitched in the game, like not just this year for, for a long time. Uh, so it was, um, it was fun to watch. I mean, it was, it was a guy in complete control, executing everything. Uh, the swings were, you know, the swings were just, they weren't good swings, you know, um, uh, 
uh, there, there, which means there was good movement. The ball was located really well, and so it was fun to watch. I mean, it was a, it was a pitcher, uh, a great pitcher at its, at his best. Craig, you were in that Ben Sheets game. Any thoughts of that? Such a different day, different circumstance, but, but any sort of flashbacks to that? Um, I, I don't remember anything about that. Um, I mean, I, I somebody made me aware of it, like in the fifth or sixth inning, you know, with the strikeout total kind of rising. But um, I mean, they were they're both great performances. I, I can tell you that. Um, no, that's about all I got for you. I don't have anything nostalgic for you there, Adam. I apologize. Craig, what about the timing of doing that? You know, after you know a doubleheader, but yeah, I think he used six pitchers in that second game. It's like the timing is just incredibly good for the team. Yeah, you're right, and that's yeah, basically got everybody, you know, everybody but Hobie a day off. Um, all the guys that pitched yesterday got a day off, um, and Corbin's done that a couple times this year. He did it in Cincinnati, um, and we we scored some runs in those days too, which is just important. Um, but it. it in this stretch where it's it felt like we've been uh, a little bit behind with the bullpen every day, it, it gives – basically it's a day off, and um, and that puts you in good shape uh, to get through the next four days. Craig, Corbin said that the big seven-run lead actually kind of changed the game plan for him. Um, but what about his ability to just continue attacking um, and, and doing his job to put up the zeros after that inning? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think what that does for you is it it, it just relaxes you a little bit, and um, it, it makes you confident in what you're doing, and, and aggressive. It puts you in an aggressive mentality for sure, um, and you use that to your advantage. And I think it's not always easy to do that, but that's what Corbin did. He used it to his advantage, um, and it, it it got him locked in. I think pretty quickly is what happened. So. Um, it's, it's easier pitching that way. Uh, I don't know if there's any question. I think every pitcher would tell you that way. It, it makes you aggressive. It makes you um, – it relaxes you, um, kind of gets you locked into your delivery because uh, there's it doesn't feel like the, the stress of one pitch can change a game. Um, and you use that to your advantage, and that's what Corbin did. Craig, did the long ninth influence – the decision to, to go to Hobie or was 99 pitches the end for Corbin? No, that, that was the end, yeah. Craig, um, how are uh, Avi and Rowdy? Uh, yeah, Avi's doing good for sure. I mean, he, he felt pretty good after the game. Um, you know, Rowdy will, will kind of wait more, wait and see um, on how he's doing. Um, you know, he, he – this is something he's dealt with a little bit in the past. Um, so we just, we just want to make sure that he's, you know, kind of wakes up tomorrow and see how he feels. But I wouldn't rule either of them out for tomorrow, I guess. So that that's a good sign. Did he um, – obviously, we know how Avi got hurt. Did, did Rowdy – he scored from first base on that double? Did he tweak something on it? Yeah, or- he did a little bit. Brown just kind of – Getting to the base at, at third, um, felt it kind of reaching for the base at third. Um, so it, you know he was he, he felt it and we, with the, with the lead we had at that point. Um, just just being on the safe side really get him out of the game. Craig, Craig Corbin stole the pitching show, but what another nice night by Omar. Uh, I think you know five productive at bats. You know, kind of 
drove the bus on a nice offensive night for the whole team. Yeah, I mean, Omar, you know, his, his best trait is this consistency, and, and it's these, um, you know, it's it's just tough at bats all night, um, never gives away at bats. And, um, you know, sometimes it feels like Omar does it quietly, but it, um, it's because he's consistent. Um, you know, his ball strike is good. Um and he, he just continues to perform. Um, and it's, you know, from that position, given the performance that we're get, getting is pretty special. Um, and his consistency has been really important for our offense. Magic Red Council with the media just a bit ago. All right, get ready. We're going to relive this one. A special night for the Brewers. They beat the Cubs 10 nothing. We're going back through with the highlights next here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 10-0. Brewers get the win over the Cubs starting pitching matchup. Corbin Burns, we're going to talk about him a little bit. Uh, He goes for the crew. Jake Arrieta, he gets to start for the Cubs. Great first inning for the Brewers. Colton Wong leads the game off with a double. Next hitter is Christian Yelich. And Arietta throws. And a swing and a bouncer. That's a fair ball down the left field line. Wong had to hold up. He's going to be sent around third now. The throw's going to go to second. Yelich has a base hit. The Brewers have a run. one nothing Milwaukee on Yelich's first hit since coming off the injured list. A lot more to come, though. Willie Adamas then gets a base hit. That moves Yelich to second. Eduardo Escobar, a ground out that puts runners on at second and third for Omar Nervais. Here he had his pitch. Swing, line drive, base hit, right field. Yelich comes in and scores, and now the ball gets away from the right fielder, Dykeman. Adamas is going to come in and score, and digging into second base is Omar Narvaez. It's 3-0 Brewers here in the top of the first. They do rule an air on Dykeman. Uh, Avisayo Garcia would then come up to the plate. Uh, he would have to leave the game as a pitch got him in the hand. Uh, it also went on uh, up against the bat, so it went as a strike. Tyrone Taylor comes in with an 0-1 count and does this. Two for his last 30 at the plate. This one lying down the right field line. That's going to help out. It dumps out in front of Dykeman. Narvaez sprints home. He's going to score. It's an RBI hit for Tyrone Taylor. Rowdy Telez then gets a base hit. Runners on at first and second for Lorenzo Kane. 0-1 down the third baseline. That's a fair ball and into the left field corner. Taylor scores. Telez will be waved around third. He's going to score without a throw. Two more runs for the Brewers. Makes it 6-0 on a two-run double by Lorenzo Kane. Corbin Burns grounds out. It does move Kane to third and it brings up Colton Wong. Swing and line drive. That's going to be down the left side and a base hit again. It's a seven-run inning as Wong is making his way to second, and he is in with a double. Seven runs on eight hits in the inning for the Brewers. They would never look back from an offensive standpoint. They would add to that lead in the fourth inning. Christian Yelich leads the inning off with a walk, moves to second on a ground out, moves to third on an Eduardo Escobar base hit, and then Omar Nervaez hits a sacrifice fly on the fourth, and that makes it 8 nothing. Corbin Burns was already pitching quite well. In his first inning, got a double play ball, was pitching to contact a little bit, but then after that, just started striking out guy after guy after guy. Let's pick it up in the fourth inning when he faces off against the leadoff hitter, Rafael Ortega. 
2 2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Ortega, and that's the seventh straight strikeout for Corbin Burns. That is a new career high for Corbin. So Rafael Ortega led the inning off with a strikeout. Any lineup to handle. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Wilson Contreras. And there is eight consecutive set down via the strikeout by Corbin Burns. Then you just heard the Wilson Contreras strikeout. So that was eight straight for Burns, and it would bring up Ian Happ. 2-2 pitch, swing and a miss. He struck him out with a cutter. Nine in a row, sat down via the strikeout by Corbin Burns. At that point, he is one shy of the Major League record for most consecutive strikeouts uh, with uh, with no hits or anything in between, just straight strikeout, 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 strikeout. The first batter that he faces in the fifth inning is Frank Schwindel. Here's his 0-2 pitch. He struck him out. Corbin Burns ties the Major League Baseball record for consecutive strikeouts with 10 in a row. Now can he eclipse that? He did not because Matt Duffy would get a base hit and uh, that would end that streak. He would get Greg Dykeman to strike out uh, later on, so he would get uh, 11 straight outs. You know, There was a hit inside of there. It would end up being 11 straight. The Major League record for that, though, is 13. But he ties the Major League record for most consecutive outs, all just straight outs, strikeouts, if that makes sense. I'm probably making it more complicated than it needs to be. He kept striking guys out. We go to the sixth inning. There's two outs, and he faces off against Rafael Ortega. Narvaez lays down the sign, sets up away. Here comes Burns. Struck him out swinging. Burns ties his franchise record and his career record with 13 strikeouts in this game against the Cubs. We're only in the sixth. Yeah, he still had time to set a new record personally for strikeouts in, in a game, and he would do that. Uh, Fargus comes up to the plate to lead things off in the seventh. The pitch, swing and a miss. He strikes out Fargus. Narvaez going to throw to first to complete this strikeout, and that is a new career high. 14 strikeouts for Corbin Burns here tonight. Okay, so then the next question is, can he set the record for most strikeouts in a game without issuing a walk? So there's two things going on there. He can't issue a walk, and he has to strike somebody out. He comes back out for the eighth inning, gets uh, Matt Duffy to line out and Greg Dykeman to ground out, so very quickly two outs in the inning. Facing off against David Bodie, he gives up a base hit. There will later be a pass ball that allows Bodie to move to second. Then Andrew Romine gets a base hit. That puts Bodie to third. So all of a sudden, the shutout is in jeopardy as well. So he's trying not to walk. He's trying not to give up a hit, to give up a run. He's trying to strike somebody out so he can set that record. There's a lot going on here. And he faces off against Sergio Alcantara. The 0-2 pitch. Struck him out looking. 15 strikeouts for Corbin Burns in eight scoreless innings at Wrigley Field. What a gem from Corbin. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Out of words, just a special day. Cody Hewer comes on to pitch for the uh, Cubs in the ninth inning with one out. Eduardo Escobar gets a base hit. That brings up Omar Narvaez. Swing and a high fly. Deep right. Back. Track. Gone. Another home run for Omar Narvaez. It's his 11th of the season. It's a 10 spot here at Wrigley for the crew. They're up 10-0. 
Kobe Milner throws a scoreless ninth. Brewers get the win, ten nothing with the win. Brewers go to sixty nine and forty six, while the Cubs they drop to fifty two and sixty four. Winning totals for the Brewers: ten runs, sixteen hits, no errors. They leave eight. For the Cubs, no runs, four hits, one error. They leave three. Winning pitcher, Corbin Burns, 7-4. and four. Jake Arrieta takes loss. He drops to 5-11. and 11. One home run of the game off the bat of Omar Nervais, his 11th of the year. The game takes two hours and 58 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 29,169 folks at Wrigley Field. Brewers get the win, 10-0 over the Cubs. They look for a four-game series sweep in the finale. We'll preview that. We'll get you scores from around the National League Central, which included an exciting finish, but between the Reds and the Braves. And uh, we'll do that all coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 10-0 Brewers get the win over the Cubs. About a minute left here in the program around the National League Central. Cardinals shut out the Pirates tonight 4-0. Adam Wainwright throws a complete game two-hitter. Seven strikeouts, no walks. He throws 88 pitches in nine innings tonight. Pretty special night there uh, for the Cardinals when it comes to pitching as well. Not not Burns-ish, but still pretty good for Wainwright. And uh, how about the Reds losing to the Braves? They're down uh, going to the ninth inning. Cincinnati puts up a two-spot in the top of the ninth. They take the lead in the top of the 11th. And then in the bottom of the 11th, Atlanta scores three runs. They get a walk-off home run from Ozzie Albies. And the Braves knock off the Reds 8-6. So here are the standings right now in the NL Central. The Brewers lead now 8 over the Reds. Cardinals are 11 games back. Brewers and Cubs wrap up the series coming up tomorrow afternoon. Brandon Woodruff goes for the crew. He's 7-6. and six. Kyle Hendricks will go for Chicago. He's 13-4. and four. 124 first pitch. That means our coverage begins at 12.45. I'll talk to you tomorrow night for Brewers Weekly at 8 o'clock right here on WTMJ.